Agutin Erev Shabbos, Parshas Matis Mase, Toshim Pe Gimel. Hope you're doing well. I hope you had a wonderful, successful week. This week's Shir is sponsored as Yishchus Rafua Shalema of Esther Nechama Basizel. As well, it is sponsored by Parnas Achidish, Bluestone Brokerage. We thank you very much for your sponsorship and partnership. For future dedications of the Shir, please reach out to 845-367-2959 to dedicate a shir in honor, memory, or merit of a loved one, or whatever you would like. In 1952, Ben-Gurion approached the Chazanish and asked him, how is it possible that we can have the Charedim and the secular Jews, how can we live all together in peace if we're so ideologically different and we have such strong opinions, both pulling in opposite directions, whether it be the army, Yeshiva Bachrim, the government, the way the country is ran, Chil Shabbos, all these different aspects how could we coexist? To which the Chazanish answered, based on the Mashal and the Gemara and Sanhedrin, that says when you have two donkeys walking in a path, one carrying a load and one not carrying a load, that the one not carrying a load, the one that's free of any packages, of anything on its back, has to make way for the other camel to come through. Said the Chazanish, the same thing is with the Frum and Fra Yidin. The Frum Yidin are compared to the camel that's carrying the yoke. We too, we're carrying the yoke of Torah the old Torah, the all of mitzvahs. And therefore the Chazanish said that we have to live in harmony and peace. And although you have your shittas, you have your opinions about the army and about other such matters, but at the end of the day, you have to realize that we're the ones ultimately that you have to make room for. You have to make us comfortable. You have to give us what we need because we are carrying the yoke of Torah mitzvahs. Ben-Gurion, unmoved, didn't flinch from this. He said, you don't think we're doing mitzvahs? We're guarding the country. You wouldn't be able to live here if it were not for us. And therefore, you have to help us. You have to send your Bachem to the army because without us, without our protection, without us fighting, our engagement in war on a constant basis, giving up our lives for you, you wouldn't be able to be here. The Bachem wouldn't be able to learn. And you have to help us of keep the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael. To which the Chazanish replied, The Pasuk in Tehillim says, Im Hashem lo yishmar ir, shav shokad shomer. If Hashem does not watch over a city, the watchman's efforts to protect it will be in vain. And this line penetrated right through Ben-Gurion, and he acquiesced. He understood the Chazanish's message that although there's a mitzvah of Yishev Yisrael, and there's a time for war, and there's a need for the army, but at the end of the day, if you do not evoke Hashem's mercy, you do not evoke Hashem's shmira, and we don't make sure that it is Hashem that's protecting us in war, then all of our attempts will be futile, like a watchman, which if he has no weapons, he's completely vulnerable to the attack of an infiltrator. He's completely incapable and incompetent of doing anything. He may be wearing the badge, he might be driving the army tank, he might even have a gun, but if there are no bullets in there, he's completely worthless. And so too said the Chazanish, the message to Ben-Gurion was that if we don't have ammunition of Torah, of Maisim Taivim, of Mitzvahs, of Shmiras Torah, the all of Torah, then all attempts, all battles fought, will be absolutely powerless without Hashem's protection, without a Shmira. Later in Ben-Gurion's life, it's worthwhile to note, he once commented about the Chazanish, that not only was the Chazanish the wisest person he ever met, but he never even imagined that such a wise person existed. In this week's Parsha, we find this exact message about how powerless and incompetent we are Without Yad Hashem, we can't make a move 
Certainly we can't win a war without Hashem's protection. In this week's parasha, the Mechemes Midian took place after Kaisal sinned with Baal Pa'or and the ladies of Midian, the atrocious sin of Avedizara and Gilarayas. In this week's parasha, Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu to gather an army and take revenge. Let troops be picked out from among you for a campaign and let them fall upon Midian to wreak Hashem's vengeance on Midian. The Medjish tells us, Although the Pasuk says that there was 1,000 that went from every Shevet, really there was 3,000 from every Shevet that went to fight in the Muhammad of Midian, which would be a total of 36,000. Now, what were the reason for 3,000 from each Shevet? So the Medjish tells us, There needed to be a thousand actual fighters, another one thousand to watch over their baggage, to guard the baggage. There had to be another thousand per shevet for prayer. Ask Sibchatzkel Levenstein, the Mashkiach of the Mir Yushalayim, in his sefer, Or Yechatzkel. I don't understand. Hashem commanded Klal Yisrael to go fight with the Midyanim. It was a godly divine war. Why on earth was there a necessity for tefillah? Hashem told them to go fight war. They were listening to the commandment of Hashem. Inevitably, they were going to win the war. So why do they need tefillah? Why do they need another a thousand, not only stam tefillah, but for every fighter, for every thousand that were fighting, there had to be a counterpart, an equal part that was davening on his behalf. Why was this needed? They for sure were going to win the war. Additionally, asks Reb that from the Medjish, it sounds like the sending, quote-unquote, of those who were davening was tantamount to the sending of the actual fighters of the war. Which means that just like the warriors who fought on the field, they were actually in battle, in combat. So too, the mispalalim, the prayers, they also had to be front and center on the battlefield. A place with weapons, warriors, charging chariots, war horses, clashing of swords, cries of wounded. And the mispalalim had to be right there in the middle amidst literally all this chaos and havoc. There were people davening. There was a thousand mispalalim per shevet davening for their counterpart, the fighter. The question is, okay, you want to tell me they had to go daven. I hear, fine. But they had to be in the battlefield where people's heads were being chopped, where people were being pierced to death, where people were being trampled to death by horses right there with a talus over their head, a tehillim in one hand, a sitter in the other. What a scene. We can't even imagine such a thing. But that's what the Medjish tells us. Why did they need to be there? If anything, if they would have stayed in their tents, it was warm and cozy and quiet, they could have daven from the tent. Why do they have to be on the battlefield? Which answers, unbelievable insight, you saw it for life. The Teva of Adam, the nature of mankind, is to want to feel mighty, to feel powerful and victorious. The feeling of the feeling that success is in credit to my strength. But the problem is, as we know, this is Midas Amalek, and therefore, even though the men that were sent to go fight in Midian, or Tzadikim Gemurim, they were the holiest of holy, yet despite their greatness, even for them, the human heart is still prone to heretical thoughts. So although... The Mechama, the war with Midian, was a godly battle, it was a divine battle, and they were guaranteed to win. The victory was inevitable. The problem is that Hashem was afraid that they're going to want to take credit. They're going to want to say, And therefore, not only was a separate army of men, of Mispalalim, mandated, that wasn't enough. They had to be standing front and center in the battle, amongst all the chaos, so that when the inevitable victory came, 
there would only be one place to point their fingers in happiness and joy. And that would be to Avinu Everyone would know that had nothing to do with their might, with their strategy, with their planning, with their strength, nothing. There was one address for the victory, and that was HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when the Sidurim and the Tehillim and the Talisim were present on the battlefield, everyone knew that the source of the victory and all credit belongs to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This message is not only relevant to soldiers on the battlefield, this message applies to every single Yid. We're all on a journey, we're all on a path, we're all fighting our own personal war, our own personal battles, be it in business, marriage, community affairs, friendships, Often we find ourselves driven by our own ambitions, dignity, and pride. There are countless opportunities that arise where we may feel that the success is solely a result of our strategies, our intellect, our wealth, our prestige. That we can feel, oh, I hustled, I made moves, I secured this contract, I closed the deal, I made the shidduch, I bought that property, it's mine, it belongs to me. And we feel good, and we feel filled with an enjoyment, satisfaction. But the truth is it's fake because it's not really us. The feeling of success, that exhilarating feeling, which at times may feel surreal, unbelievable, a feeling that we always want to have, we have to realize that the source of the blessing, the source of the good, of the success, is all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We always have to realize that it's the guiding hand of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that shapes our path and grants us success. And without Hashem's intervention, regardless of how hard we try, how much we hustle, or how much we strive for a success, our efforts will ultimately amount to nothing like the watchman guarding in vain. May we all be zeicheh to tremendous bracha v'hatzlacha. May Hashem shower us with never-ending blessing and happiness. Let's always remember we have to point our finger to the source of success, Takadish Baruch Hu. And the more we do that, the more we realize the Mekor HaBrocha, may the energy and blessing of the Mayana Miskaber, of the mighty stream, never stop flowing and continue to provide us with power and abundance from HaKadosh Baruch Hu for many happy, healthy years to come. I thank each and every one of you for listening, and I wish you all a wonderful Shabbos.